Let's go ahead and jump into this. You know, I uh, um, this will kind of be the turn of us doing things a little bit differently in the future. The Lord is more and more incorporating correction into our midst to get back to what we were supposed to be. So um, this is actually a baptism service. It'll be very short. We'll probably be over in the baptism area in about 20 minutes. <clears throat> and so I just wanted to recap something for a moment before we go over the scriptures for baptism. And um, um, I, uh, I don't know if I want to say I erred or I greatly erred, but either one. Um, I appreciate the Lord's correction. The Lord, Bible says God chastises those that he loves. I'm an individual that when the Lord chastises me, I just don't make excuses. I just, I just roll with it. I usually don't even have to pray a prayer. Repent actually doesn't mean pray. Repent actually means change your mind and go in the opposite direction. I mean, you know, if you're driving down the street and you recognize it's the wrong street, you don't then stop and have a moment of prayer <laughs> and then turn around. You just turn around. <laughs> and that's what repent means. And so I want to put up this graphic here because we've been kind of inter, um, intermingling the subject of healing um, with uh, what we have been talking about. So I encourage you to take a picture of this um, if you have not before. I did add another book. For those that are listening online, I will give the name of the books um, because I sometimes forget that there are people that are listening and not watching. And the books are Healed of Cancer by Dodie Osteen. That is Joe Olstein's wife. Uh, they have a testimony of them actually getting their son um, healed of cerebral palsy for real. Man, she got hit with cancer. And the, it's a short book, a little mini book, has a red bird on the front, but it's a wonderful book in regards to what she did to destroy cancer. Um, these books are written by people who did it God's way. I'm not saying anybody is in sin if you do it man's way. I'm just, uh, I told someone yesterday, it's not so much that doing it man's way is a sin. Doing it man's way is always a lower level, therefore it always has side effects and you're taking chances. Okay. <clears throat> and so Tormented Eight Years Back by Peggy Joyce Ruth. That's a book that I just came across. One of the absolute best books that I have ever read in regards to maintaining deliverance, maintaining healing, and how Satan works in your mind. One of the most masterful books. I have never read a book that it is, it's probably going to be the go-to book for post-deliverance. After someone has gone through inner healing and deliverance, we got to immediately give them that. That book is beyond excellent. And you need to read that book because whatever you are working on, Satan is working on you. And if you don't know how he's working on you, you'll think that these thoughts are you and you'll struggle instead of walking in victory. So that's called Tormented Eight Years and Back by Peggy Joyce Ruth. The third one is Healing from Heaven by Lillian B. Yeomans. That's Y-E-O-M-A-N-S. Healing from Heaven by Lillian B. Yeomans. Um, excellent book, another person. These are all individuals who had terminal sickness and disease at death's door, fought Satan and smacked him in one. And so Healing from Heaven by Lillian Yamans, excellent book. I haven't even finished that one, and it's excellent, okay? And then you have the next one, which is Jesus the Healer. I'm sorry. Arise and be healed by Faith Oedipo. Uh, she is someone who got sick as a result of someone in secret putting a curse on her. And she was really at death's door. It's interesting to see how she carried herself and how her husband carried himself. He, he kept on with his responsibilities, he says, because I'm not the healer. God is. He says, so me just sticking around and complaining and crying and trying to make stuff happen on my wife, that's a complete waste of time. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Then one of my favorite is Jesus. All of these are my favorite, by the way. Jesus the Healer by E.W. Kenyon. Um, E.W. E. Kenyon has a way of making philosophy and intellect just look like trash. I mean, he, he's what you call a wordsmith. He's very anointed the way he puts raw truth together and makes it so poetic. And, I mean, it, 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 he comes from the place of, how can you be sick and you a son of God? I mean, it's just, and so then the last one is the Healing Study Course by Kenneth Hagin. Healing Study Course gives you a, like, line upon line detailed instruction on the types of healing, what faith is, etc. So I encourage you to do this, and that is, you know, uh, get all of them. Okay. And, people, and, and let me say this, you know, because my wife said something that was very important. She says that when it comes to health, you don't just eat oranges. 
You know what I'm saying? If, if you need to rebuild your health back up, you don't just sit up and eat broccoli for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You have a variety of fruits and vegetables that produce health. So you have a, so in the same way, you have a variety of, of scriptures and you have a variety of books that fill in, because every person has their own particular secrets that you can pull from from your advancement. You want to be a beast in this area, not a weakling. And people say that I suggest too many books. I don't suggest too many books. People are just lazy. I said that Wednesday, I don't suggest too many books at all. Actually, I don't suggest enough. You actually consider how many books that I have shared in the last nine years, you could have read all of them in six months. It's just that people don't like to read. And when they do read, they read a sentence and then they go to sleep. I give people, and, and, and as you know what? Let me tell you something. You know what's very, very sad as a pastor? I figured out a formula to help me not waste time. People come to me and I say, I need help. And I said, cool, I need counseling, wonderful. I need you to read this book first and then call me when you're done. That gets rid of 90% of the people. And I do that because if you're not going to read the book, you're not going to listen to my counseling after I give you for three hours. So instead of wasting my time, I'll let you waste your time with the book and not waste mine. I need to spend my time helping people who really want help. And let me tell you something. You do need to be praying for me now. Um, only a fool goes to war by himself if he has an army with him. And because these things are just kind of picking up a little bit too fast. And it's, it's not just what we're doing, but I have an abnormal amount of pastors that are connecting to me now. And it's, uh, these are men that they just, they, they, I mean, I talked to one guy yesterday, and with tears in his eyes, he said, sir, I've been pastoring for 21 years. And he said, I failed everything. And, and you know, he's just, he said, I wish I had a recorder every time you open your mouth. I said, well, it's not because I'm smart. I said, it's because I listen to other men. I had to humble myself, you know. But um, so you need to get all of them. Um, you know, you need to get all of them. I can't afford them. That's a lie. Don't want to say amen this morning. I'm going to have to reactivate my imaginary congregation. You can always afford what you want, you all. It's, you know, people that, let me tell you something. You, one of the main reasons why people don't get results is because they're not desperate enough. I don't mean to be rude, but I mean, you desperate enough, you'll rob a bank. What was that movie with John, with, uh, John Q? Y'all remember that movie? <laughs> desperate measures call for desperate things. And you'll do what you have to do. So you have to pull back. You got to save up a few pennies. Most of these books cost under $10. So you're telling me you don't have $50 to invest into you being a Superman? That's called laziness. And y'all... Once you step into that lazy zone, neither I or God can do anything for you. Next graphic. You are too patient with sickness. That's why sickness has, has made a patient out of you. <clears throat> Wait too long. People do air. I told, told Wednesday night, I'll tell a person, I'm working out myself. I'm going to be LL Cool J in a second. And, but it doesn't take that long to get in shape. We're just lazy. I'll tell a person, go to the gym, do this, 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 this. Walk up in that piece, kick the glass doors in, and, and jump on that thing, and, and do cardio. Don't be going to do cardio like you for a stroll in the park. Do cardio until you're sweating and stanking. Then jump on the weights. You don't have to know what you're doing. Just ask somebody to show you, and just do the machines. I'll tell a person to do that. You ready? Yes. Follow with them two months later. Guess what they at home doing? Sit-ups, five to ten minutes a day. Trying to do the minimum to get the maximum. Next graphic. Faith is quick to respond to opposition. Laziness wants someone else to do the work for them. I don't want to read. I want you to just put a magic wand on my head. Bing, and there it is. Uh-uh. Have to wait because I see cameras going up. Next graphic. The more beggarly and lazy you are, the more defeated you become. Walk around with a sorrow puss attitude. We'll do nothing but make you walk into that more. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, not the sorrow of your disposition. Next graphic. There is no mercy in the devil's nature. So the more you beg, cry, and complain, the more he turns up his efforts because he knows it is working. 
These are just some things I threw together last night just to keep me on point because it's about baptism, but I had to throw these in there for you. Next graphic. The truth may appear slow, but it is sure to appear if you keep applying it. Thank you. Through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Now, what's deep is most people don't have faith, let alone patience. But they're trying to get an answer while breaking the first two rules. Huh? So, I put this on here, and this is talking about myself, but I just wanted to be on point. Over the years, I have done a lot of hard work to prepare perfect meals. Now that you're at the table, you have to eat. These books and these things that I find, they come because me crying out to God and me seeking. They come me disciplined. It comes from a heart cry. Lord, there's got to be more. I need another answer for the people. Okay, and, and I'm doing all of this hard work, but then the people don't want to eat. It's like your grandmother slaving for three days over Thanksgiving dinner, and then you show up and say you're not hungry. Next graphic. I've paid the price to find water in the middle of the desert, but I cannot force you to drink it. It's hard to find water in the desert. It's hard to find water in the wilderness. You almost die trying to find it, but then you find it, you try to tell everybody else, I found a stuff that can make you live, and then they don't want to drink it. And that second book that I told you is a master book about being in bondage for eight years. She talks about how Satan, whatever you're working on, Satan is working on you. And the main way he works on you is through lazy and lack of dedication. Next graphic. You are willing to be on medication and suffer for years. Therefore, be willing to soak and live in the Bible for a few months until the answer comes. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. I told my wife last night, do you know what my biggest fear is? You know, I used to hear this saying that people are afraid to succeed. succeed. I was like, no, that's stupid. People are afraid of failure. They're not afraid to succeed. But there is a dimension in God where you become fearful because you're like, can we actually for real tap into 100% results where everybody's needs financial at the church are met, everybody can get healed, we can deal with every single demon, and we're dominating so hard that the government is scared of us? Yes. But when you actually get to the beginning of that road, the Lord has to tell you like he told Joshua. Now, you're getting ready to dominate and kill everybody for the next 40 years. So he said, you're going to have to be very courageous. And anytime the Lord tells you you're going to have to be very courageous, you're going to have to be very courageous. Okay? So, hey, I've done these things, y'all, but I didn't have help. I didn't have anybody to point to. Okay? The books came to me supernaturally. The first book, The Hidden Man, came when I was in a, man, a bar. I was walking around the house, and I knew it was something missing. And I kept saying, Lord, what am I missing? Three weeks later, a barber handed me a book. He said, I don't usually get this book to most people because they can't handle it. He said, but I feel led to give it to you. And that was the start. Okay? I have lost homes. I have lost cars. I have been fired from ministries. I have been done wrong. I've been stabbed in the back. I have been persecuted. I have been depressed and didn't even know it. <laughs> you ever been depressed and you didn't even know it until you came out to depression? I've been all that without help. I didn't have a pastor to turn to. I didn't have somebody in my family member. I didn't have anybody to help me with this. But guess what? I didn't need nobody's help. If you have God, that's a majority. You don't need nobody else. Matter of fact, if you have God alone, that might be all you need is when you start dealing with people. Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not a lack of coming to church. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not a lack of getting prayers from their pastors. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And because you have rejected knowledge, lazy bones, I will reject you. You reject the knowledge, so I have to reject your answer. I will also reject you that you'll be no priest to me, seeing that you have forgotten the law of your God, and I'll forget your children. In other words, your laziness is going to affect your children. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Not every once in a while. Continually, not when you get sick. Continually, not when you got fired. Continually, not when you get divorced. Continually, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything in it. 
Only then and only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do, which means God wants you to prosper and succeed in everything. Not one thing, not three things, and not 99% of those things, everything. But he said in order to get to that level, you're going to have to live, bathe, and soak in the word of God. And at first it'll be a little bit difficult, but if you keep pushing yourself, pushing yourself, then something will happen and then you'll see Oh, man, it's a river of life, a river of life pouring into me, and it'll start affecting the way that you think. See, with God, it's not your education that makes you prosperous. With God, it's having a God mindset, and you can't have a God mindset until you keep your mind stayed on him, and him is the word written down. I understand what I'm saying. Second Corinthians 4, 16. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying every day, our spirits are being renewed every day. Now, remember this. That scripture is based on you obeying the previous one. How many know you are slowly but surely dying? What's supposed to be happening, though, is, is that as you're slower, slowly getting close towards death, you're supposed to be slowly and slowly making the real you new again. Most people don't know. Don't be embarrassed on the other side because your look on the other side is determined by how much you live in the word and renew the real you. Renew means to make new again like Adam was before he sinned. Renew again is to mean to go in reverse and make yourself like God on the throne, like you refurbish a car. You got to make your mind and your spirit new again. And you'll see that on the other side because not everybody will have the same level of attraction and brightness. It's based on that one scripture. Did you renew your spirit every day while you were dying in the flesh every day? Like I said before, if God, if Satan can't prevent you from being, being saved, he just wants you to remember him for eternity. I couldn't get you to hell by at least trick you out of some of the heaven you were supposed to get. He ain't tricking me out of nothing. You got to make a decision. You know what? Sometimes you got to go stand in the mirror and say, you know what? Enough is enough. I've been walking around this mountain too long. I've been unhappy trying to do it my way, still popping bottles, going to the club, smoking weed, listening to all this stupid music and doing stuff my way, dating my way, doing things my way, and I'm still not happy. And the crazy thing is, most people, if you try them last, they're like, oh, no, skip that. You putting me last. With God, if you put him last, he's like, let's go. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus told them, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 50% of your diet is spiritual. The other half is natural. What happens, though, when you're not eating right naturally or spiritually? It's only the grace of God that we're still living. Light is so powerful, it can still keep you alive when you're doing everything dark. But what happens if you do everything light? exceedingly abundantly above that's a strong scripture all things apart and that's the dimension that we're going into don't get left because this flight is about to take off and when the airplane takes off they don't land and come back down and pick you up because you missed the flight there's some flights you got to make maybe the uber driver might slow down maybe the bus might stop you understand maybe the train might say okay i start to say choo 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 here could do something pause you see those movies? You see those? Let me tell you something. How many of you know? You've seen a movie where the train took off and the person missed the train and they run and run and run and they made that train. Never seen that when it comes to an airplane. When it comes to a ministry taking off, you got to be on that thing. Otherwise, I'll see you on the other side, son. So we about to fly the friendly skies and unfriendly skies for real. Okay. So again, if you take the time you spend on social media and television and apply it to reading, you could actually get through three to five books a month. You will always manifest what you invest on the inside. <laughs> if you don't want it in your life, don't watch it. If you don't want to experience it, don't listen to it, which means that for some of you, your whole playlist on iTunes just got thrown in the trash. <laughs> I was listening to something the other day, and it was African. And the beat was so good, Man, I'm just, man, I'm going in. I'm just doing stuff around the house. <laughs> I'm just, oh. 
I mean, I'm just, and, and I'm just listening to the lyrics and the music, and, 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 and I think an angel taps me on the shoulder, uh, excuse me, right, Reverend? Uh, you might want to go and find out what those lyrics say. I was shocked and appalled. I want to do it to you all night, all different type of ways. It was all type of nastiness. I'm just, I'm just, uh, 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 uh. see that music against you. Sure, the angels are laughing like, look at him. He don't even know what he's listening to. <laughs> Got to make a choice, you all. Got to make a choice. Do you want to enjoy music or do you want to enjoy destiny? Yeah. And the stuff that's coming out of the mouths of these young people that Satan has hired through blood. Most of you don't know that most of the music that you listen to has come about through blood contracts. We know that because some of our people experienced they were given an opportunity. They were given an opportunity. It's all about money. One of my members used to be a member of us. They offered her, I think, $200,000 to be on one of those reality shows to show her behind. It's all about money. They use you to make themselves look good while you look bad. So, but read, folk. Let me tell you something. I heard a statement a while ago, years ago. You cannot pour life into you and die. It's impossible. The problem is that people, they it's, it's a force that... You just can't sit there and read the word for three hours. You just got to read it for 15 and then turn on the TV for three hours. You just can't sit there and do it in the morning and wake up and read it and go to bed reading it and carry it with you. When I'm in the barbershop, I got my phone looking like you just you just it's a force because once you manifest it, you're like, oh, this is how this works. And so, you know, I can't I can't do anything else and God can't do anything else. You got to do your part. I listen to Yodipo. He said, even when, it, for you all to go into the ministry, he said, if God gives you a vision, it is, he gave you the vision to see it, but it's only his hand that can bring it to pass. Because the vision is so big, you couldn't do it with your hands. You got to have his hand. Okay. So, and, and people say, I don't like to read. I don't mean to be rude, but that's stupid. God write a Bible, 66 books long. But, but he didn't account for the fact that you don't like to read. It's lazy. You like to read. You just like to read foolishness. Oh, I'm in the number two. It just seems like foolishness is a whole lot easier to read and watch than it is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's exciting because somebody about to get slapped and cussed out, mowed down, shot down. It's, you wait for it, you know, but, but that ain't what's going to help you. And audio books are good, but if God meant for you to have an audio book, he would have created one 2,000 years ago when he created the Bible. Bible says meditate the word day and night. What about audiobooks? That's new technology that waters down the true process. Because most of the time when people listen to audiobooks, they do it while they're driving. They do it while they're washing dishes, while they're working out. Sometimes people just have it planned and they're doing a whole bunch of other stuff like working and you're not paying attention. And, and, and see, when you read and meditate, you'll come across one word of sentence and you'll stop there. When an audiobook when, when you listen to an audio book, that's, guess what you say? Mm, that was good, and you let it keep playing. I'm not against audio books. I'm just saying, go straight to the source. You need time to be able to sit there with nothing on, no music, no television, no nothing, and just read it. And let that sucker soak on the inside of you and pour life, and then you'll see your healing. And when you see it, no man doubts what he sees. All right, that's good for that. I just want to drop a few bombs on you for that when it comes to healing. Okay, so now let's move, switch over to baptism. Everybody say amen. amen. I need a break while I got a drink. That's what the reverends do. They, they have you do stuff. Slap five people and tell them this, 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 this. And while you slapping five people and telling them that, he's trying to figure out what his next point is. It's actually why they do that, but they're not going to tell you that. That's why they hate me. So, oh, everybody, apology, because the Lord told me that I had, uh, uh, I had, uh, I guess the best way to explain it is I did not make baptism as important as it should be. Um, and so uh, Lord got a hold of me about that. And so um, it's not that if, if you're not careful, you all, you'll get too caught up in power manifestation. And if you're not careful, you'll think that other things are not that relevant. You know, there was a season in my life where because of all of this time I was spending praying in tongues, I didn't need to fast. And y'all reading these scriptures that say if you pray in tongues a long time, you don't have to pray fast? No. 
See, so you have to be careful about pride or just disregarding things in the Bible. So, you know, so we're going to just mention these few scriptures. You notice that everyone has on the baptism shirts called raised and it's based on the scripture. So we're going to go over to the other sanctuary and baptize them in a moment. But from now on, this is just to start from now on. It'll be baptism services. The whole service will be. And I think it's creating a culture by which this power and this word and this love, humility, and creating, the thing that we're working on now is creating a culture of joy. You know, just like singing the songs and everybody clapping and dancing and, and just creating a culture of joy and, and celebration because we got everything to celebrate. You know, we, I mean, everything, you know, but the world doesn't have anything to celebrate. They think they do, but no. Your future is dark. Ours is bright. You know, and so let's look at this. And so I'm kind of opening this up to help you understand. Um, this is me showing you the importance of baptism. A couple of things that I greatly missed. So, and, I'm, and, and let me say this. There's some of you that may want to be rebaptized after this. Don't just do it because you think it's a super special blessing now on the new baptisms. No, just people didn't go too far with stuff. But if you feel like you need to do it because you didn't understand before, then that's no problem because this is something that we're going to be doing perpetually. It won't be every once in a while. I mean, it's going to be just on a regular basis, and we'll probably decorate the place with blue and white balloons and all of those things. But let's look at this, Matthew 3.13. Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Everyone say all. All that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him, and after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. Holy Ghost said something to me so strong. He said, if Jesus hadn't got baptized, that wouldn't have happened. So baptism is very, you're going to see, um, I'm going to bring out three scriptures. And just to give you a little hint, you always notice supernatural things around pools of water in the scripture. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned, okay? And so you see that again where it says anyone who believes and is baptized, you need to be baptized. Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still. They went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Okay. Acts 2.41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 people in all. That's coming, y'all. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what's coming. What's coming is what they call, um, it's not instant baptism. What's the word they use? Where you just decide to baptize right at that moment. Spontaneous, thank you. That's what we're going to be moving over into is spontaneous baptisms. And so where, and that's going to be exciting because all of these people coming into the kingdom, all these people getting baptized in water, then baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then going on, I mean, it's about to be crazy. Okay, in Acts chapter 16, verse 29, um, Paul and Silas had got thrown in jail instead of complaining. They were singing songs because they were singing songs that earthquake happened, and the guy that was in charge of keeping them in jail got scared. So the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They didn't preach nothing. The man just saw signs and wonders. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. And then 
this last scripture, Colossians 2.11, on their shirts it says raised, R-A-I-S-E-D. Um, and then right under it, it says Colossians 2.12. Um, and so the raised stands on their shirts, stands for this scripture. It says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. Okay, so with this next graphic, definition of baptize means to immerse, submerge, and make fully wet because it's a representation of you going into a casket into the ground and then being raised up. Where sprinkling came from, here you got somebody else watering down the process again. Do y'all read anywhere in the Bible where I'm supposed to sprinkle you, sprinkle you with a few? Sprinkling is for people that's not saved. Ooh-wee, that could get me in trouble. But did the Bible say sprinkle or did he say immerse? immerse. To immerse, to submerge, and make fully wet. Next graphic. Water baptism is a kingdom mystery that sets a seal on our redemption. That's what happens. Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, you can throw your towel. He said water baptized. <laughs> Take a lipid and keep on ticking. They'll mop it up later. Thank you. <clears throat> Next graphic. Water. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone like, that was a sign. <laughs> Would you like to know what the sign is? Don't have water. Have water instead of Gatorade in your cup. So it's sticky, but it's all right. Next statement, water baptism is a statement of faith. My old life is behind me. I am a new person with a new life. Next graphic, water baptism is a sign of repentance. Repentance means change. A change so drastic that the old person is dead and buried. That's what going into the water and coming back up means. It means I, I went down dead. That old person died, but, but I got resurrected, Jesus, just like Jesus. Next graphic. Water baptism before genuine salvation is meaningless. Meaningless. It is only after you experience genuine salvation that water baptism is to be obeyed. Like the old preachers say, if you are not saved, you simply go into the water or dry devil and you come up a wet one. A lot of people, I, I, I have to tell parents, I want my child to be baptized. I said, not if they're not saved, you don't. And if you're not careful, actually water baptism without salvation can bring a curse on your life. Same way communion. What, what, what did the Bible say about communion? People are taking it the wrong way and they're not right with God. And it says many of you are weak, sick, and some of you die. Because anything you take the right way is meant to bring a blessing and a grace and an empowerment into your life. If you take it the wrong way, it becomes a curse. Because it's only meant to empower people that are right, not wrong. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why you don't so quickly. He brought me some more Gatorade. To, 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 to. <laughs> I'm thinking he coming. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Go back to water. Yeah, in the beginning, I used to play with the tile. In the beginning, I used to have a cup of water or Gatorade this big. But now I'm drinking about that much, so I think I'm about ready to toss it all. Okay. And then if I get just thirsty, I'll just have my wife come up just. <laughs> okay. But water baptism before genuine salvation is meaningless. It means nothing. It just means you decided to take a bath on the expense of the church that day. That's all it means. Water baptism is a public commitment 
unless the person really believed they died to the old life, there is no need for a burial. So a baptism service is actually a burial service. But after they bury you, you come back up out the water to let them know, you can't kill me, fool. Okay? So that's how important baptism is. And it's not that I disregarded it. It's just that I wasn't serious enough to be making it first. However, you notice in Scripture, it was first place. It wasn't last place. It was, it was done. You see it just, Jesus' ministry didn't come forth until he did that. You know, and so, you know, that's what I mean by, you should, you should how many of you know that even though I was doing it that way, the Lord was still blessing us. See, the Lord doesn't wait for you to be perfect, but he'll always be correcting you more and more. If you have a desire to be at 100%, then I'm going to have to chastise you about some stuff. And so this was this, okay? And so we're going to pray over the baptism people in just a moment and go to the other room and baptize them. And you that are watching online, we apologize because you won't have the ability to watch them because it's in another sanctuary. Eventually what we'll do is find type of way to uh, do a um, live feed with a camera with a wire, but we just weren't prepared for that. But... But um, one of the things that's supposed to happen with baptism is you're supposed to, how many of you know that when God forgives you of your sins, it's th the past is wiped away. All things have become new. So what happens when it comes to baptism is, is that you're supposed to exercise faith when you get baptized. You're supposed to exercise faith in healing and, and you know, um, uh, Bishop overseas, what they do is they get, their, they get their people that when you get baptized, focus on one thing you want the Lord to do for you, okay? And so you're going to see something here where every time God sent someone around a pool of water, there was some type of manifestation. It's just three, got others. But John 5, 1, it says, Then Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Aramaic, a house of loving kindness. And this pool is surrounded by five covered porches. Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, and the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. For an angel of God would periodically descend into the pool to stir the water. And the first one who stepped into the pool after the water swirled would instantly be healed. Okay? So you see healing and signs and wonders um, um, in regards to a pool of water. Let's look at the next one, John chapter 9, 1 through 7. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus said, it was not because of his sins or his parents. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. <laughs> Charismatics have a hard time with that scripture. We must quickly carry out, quickly, carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, spread the mud over the blind man's eyes, told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means sin. So the man went and washed in the pool, came back sin. Trying to help you understand, baptism was never something just normal or natural. It's very supernatural. It's something about pools. And when you obey what God tells you to do concerning a pool of water, you're going to get a manifestation. How much more when we obey him when it comes to baptism? Well, you got to submerge yourself in a pool of water. Second Kings. And it represents now you have new life compared to Jesus versus the old life compared to Satan. Second Kings 5, 9 through 15. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elijah's house. Elijah sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Here's this body of water again. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy, call on the name of the Lord his God, and heal me. In other words, he wanted some spectacular drama from the head man. Aren't the rivers, now he go analyzing, aren't the rivers of Damascus? The Abana and the Parpa, better than any of the rivers of Israel. Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? That's you trying to do it another way than the Lord said. So Naaman turned away and went in rage. And nothing happened. 
because God will not give you another remedy if you don't obey the first. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should surely obey him when he says simply, go wash and be cured. So Naaman humbled himself, went down to the Jordan River, dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. Okay? So that's going to be a new dimension in our midst. You notice that everything is a new dimension in our midst. You know, it's, you, know you see how we do communion now. You know, and you know, when I was a kid, you just kind of, you, you did communion more from a remembrance. And the scripture says that, but it was a whole lot deeper. I didn't know that communion produces healing if you exercise faith in that. And so it's the same thing with baptism, where it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you see it watered down, it might be difficult for you to see the value that's on it if all you saw it. And I don't, when I say watered down, I'm not talking about anybody that did anything wrong because they didn't. I'm just saying that there was more to it than you just being baptized. It's, it's something that God wants you to do. It puts a seal on what has already happened on the inside of you. And you can exercise faith when you are baptized to be healed of anything. And you see this in scripture, that healing was always around a pool of water. Go to the pool of water and do this, and you got healed. How much more if everybody that gets saved has to submerge themselves in water as a representation of I am now with Christ. And now that I'm with Christ, there is nothing negative that's supposed to be attached to me. You understand what I'm saying? And so you can exercise, Father, the moment. And that's why I had heard over the years, how many of you heard of people who they got water baptized and they came out the water speaking in tongues? You know, people have come, and I heard little bits and pieces of that, but I really wasn't paying attention to it because I didn't know really what the word said on that particular subject. You know, so much stuff to still learn in the study. But that's, that's the deal is that you can exercise faith and recognize that when you get water baptized, you're putting a seal on something. God is pleased, and there's a grace, and there's a blessing. And you can ask God, Lord, bless me. Do this one thing for me, Lord, okay? One, I, and, and, and just, um, you know, I got to start reading our own testimonies, but I just happened to read a crazy testimony yesterday that happened at Winter's Chapel. And, um, well, it didn't happen yesterday. I read it yesterday. And this man was a part of a, a, of a huge cult over there. He was under this cult leader. And as a result of him being in this cult, he was, with, he was possessed with 7,777 demons. Um, um, the demon, demonic culture and demonic kingdom. Um, you know, but the Bible says that Satan goes about like a roaring lion. Okay. Um, and he, Satan wants to be like Jesus so bad. He just imitates him. You know, even all, everything out there in the world is actually a twisting and a perversion of light. Everything, everything. And I mean everything because Satan just wants to be like Jesus so bad, but he can't. And so he tries to pretend like he's a lion. The Bible says that the real lion will destroy people with the breath of his mouth. It says, it says when the real lion shows up, it says that he will destroy them with the brightness of his coming. He just appears and you die. That's what's coming for the wicked who say, I don't need Jesus. You be my guest. Then. I ain't taking no chance like that. I'm not that dumb. Okay, and so, so, so that's, so the fake line, he goes about, so in the same way, he's always trying to mimic certain things, okay, and so, I lost my point just for a moment, what was I talking about before that, oh, the testimony, and so this man, he has 770, 7,777 demons in him as a result of being a part of his cult, these things begin to destroy him so bad, he made his way to the church, he gave his life to Christ, and he said, he gave his life to Christ. He said, and at, when he was water baptized, he said, when he was water baptized is when all 7,777 demons left. They say he vomited in the pool. Because sometimes deliverance is, you know, you see in scripture where demons would come out and said they would foam at the mouth. and frog. Well, we see that all the time, you know, and so, um, and so that's what happened. But, but remember, always remember this. When you are done with Satan, he is not done with you. So especially when you're involved in that level of darkness. So he got home and, uh, and he said that, I don't know if it was a vision or in reality, he said, but he got home. He said, and 
Um, all 7,777 demons showed up with the cult leader. And the cult leader said, this is my army. He said, because of the decision that you made for Christ, he said, you're a dead man. So they had come to kill him. He said, but then, he said, Bishop Oedipo appeared and said, you are right. He is a dead man. That's why you can't do nothing against him. He was with you, but now he's with Christ. This is some type of vision. And he said, he said something dropped from the sky in Bishop Oedipo's hand. It turned into a dove. Oedipo blew on it, and the dove spit fire on all of the demons. He said, I was, he said, I've been delivered ever since. But it started with water baptism. See, and those things happen more often than you think. Um, they happen more often than you think. Um, when a man of God gets to that level of clean, God will use him as a representation of himself. And it was, that's what we call Holy Ghost fire. The dove was a representation of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine what that looks like? A man in a white suit says, he is untouchable. He used to be with you, but now he's on our side. And he lifts up his hand to heaven like that. And something drops in his hand, and it turns into a dove. He blows on the dove, and then the dove blows fire on all 7,000 demons. And he said it destroyed them, including the cult leader. <laughs> so you can hang out on the dark side if you want to. I'm just letting you know that if you see us coming on the battlefield, you might want to run. And that might not work. You see all of them scriptures in the Old Testament? It says when the enemy did run, it says that the kingdom, uh, the Israel would run after them and ch chase them down and kept on killing them. Okay. So, there's many testimonies that I've heard over and over and over again about when people get water baptized, they get healed, pray in other tongues. But guess what? That was without them exercising faith. So you exercise faith in this, that. You know what? This water baptism is the final seal to heaven, earth, and hell, that I belong to the Lord. I'm not turning back to the dark side. I'm going to be working on myself to get better and better, renewing my mind more and more, becoming cleaner and cleaner, and becoming more of a representation, and realize that I have switched sides. I'm an army of the Lord. You know, and so, so that's what we're going to do. I think it's a much, much better celebration handling it that way. And, and, and that's what we'll do. So we're going to have all of those that are being baptized. You can leave your stuff at your seat for a moment. Just come down front. We're just going to pray over you and then go over to the next room. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's get him a hand. Y'all come on over here. Stretch yourselves out. Stretch yourselves out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody just turn around for a second. Let them see your shirts and, and uh, what, this, what this stands for. And Hallelujah. Amen. You can turn back around. I said, we're just going to pray over you. And uh, you know what's funny? I'm the type of individual, if I'm lacking in an area, then I, I then want to recoup by overdoing it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is going to sound strange, but when you get to this dimension where the Lord rebukes you this way, it's a real good thing. So I had planned on pulling them up, praying on them, laying hands on them, putting anointing oil on them, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, just clear, I didn't ask you to do all that. This is you going too far, trying to conjure up stuff now. Just come to the altar and pray over them. How many times in scripture did they water baptize by laying hands on them and anointing them with oil? That's me trying to overcompensate. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> it just is clear. Uh, here you go again. <laughs> okay. So, but he knows my heart is right. But your heart can be right but still wrong in its purpose. No, I don't need you to do all that. This is it's, it's water. This ain't oil time. Okay. So hallelujah, hallelujah. So just lift your hands. And we're just going to pray over you. And, and, and as I pray, I want you to think about the things that you want the Lord to do for you for the rest of the year as a sign in regards to uh, what is taking place today. Um, some of you are newer saved. Some of you have been saved. Some of you 
have rededicated your life over the last few months and and uh, and it's just a couple of people told me how grateful they were to be able to get their life on track and so father in the name of Jesus I thank you oh Lord God for all of those who are being baptized on today I thank you oh Lord God that they will represent the thousands upon thousands upon thousands that we will baptize a water that will never run dry mm. thank you oh Lord God for this holy moment as we obey your instructions we thank you that a new grace will come upon them and that you will give them the desires of their heart it'll be a seal of their redemption and it'll represent, oh, Father God, as they go into the water, it'll represent them dying to self, dying to darkness, dying to the old nature. It'll represent, oh, Father God, that when they accepted you as your Lord and Savior, that you destroyed them and then made them new into something that never existed before. So I thank you, oh, Lord God, that as every person goes into the pool, they'll come up healed. As every person goes and submerges themselves, they will come up delivered. Thank you, O Lord God, that as they come up, it'll be a seal on their salvation. And it'll be a sign to the devil that they will never fail again. Thank you, O Lord God, for what this means. Thank you, O Lord God, most of all, for what Jesus did, enabling us to do it, and even allowing us to be in a country that we can do it freely without any repercussions. Our Chinese brothers have to do this in secret. Our Indian brothers have to do this in secret. So we thank you that we can still do it in the open, O Father God. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this celebration. Thank you, O Lord God, for giving us the ability to see, understand, and do these things. And so in Jesus' mighty name, as we baptize them, as they go down, they may go down sick, but they'll come up healed. They may go down broken, but they'll come up whole. They may go down broke, but they'll come up rich. They may go down confused, but they will come up knowing what to do. Thank you that they may go down fearful, but they will come up bold. Thank you, O Lord God, that when they come up out of the water, it'll represent the exact same thing when Jesus was raised out of the pit of hell. And he said, now I can operate in all power and I have the keys of death and hell. So I thank you, O Lord God. We bless and honor you for doing this. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God, hallelujah. All right, you all can go ahead and grab your belongings, and Raphael will take you to the room to be baptized, and I'll release you all in the audience in just a moment. As a matter of fact, if you are the relative or...